Ooh, it's a little like gambling Christmas present. I know it was. I opened it up and I looked up real fast and I was like, oh, they won. Nice. Quick little, nice. Quick little payday. I'll take it. I'll take it there bro. you go. Money, 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 money. Money, 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 money. I think you do money, bro. You do money, 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 money. Oh. Money. There it is. Oh, sorry. I didn't know if you were. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 104 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, for the last two years, most awesome. That's right. That's right. It's our anniversary. What's up? 52 weeks times two. It's two years, oh, baby. I can do math. Straight years. I think Tyler really well. Well, congrats, man. That's um, cooking with gas. A That's right. Tip of the hat to you, sir. And uh, to you as well, my friend. Thanks, brother. Um, well, we got a jammed, packed episode one or four. We're going to rip from the headlines. We're doing the Astros asterisk. We got a guest mm. coming on. Aaron Champion back for a second time. We're going to do a little deep end of the pool. That's a new segment we have where we just venture out on something super complicated and we just fucking spitball and see what we come up with. Uh, we are doing cryptocurrency this week. We're going to do the MAB date night, tackling one of my favorites, Jerry Maguire. We're going to do the Neapolitan Showdown, top three cheeses. We're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. Ripped from the headlines. The Astros asterisk. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Well, we're talking about it because we're pitchers and catchers and all that good stuff. Uh, have started and uh, we really haven't dove into the scandal, the cheating trash can gate with the Houston Astros. Yeah, I know. We had it on the docket at one time and I can't remember what it got bumped for. I think we pivoted or like something popped up in the NFL or something. And yeah, then, like week week three of the NFL. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I, that, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so give us the rundown right now. Let's tackle on the macro. What's been confirmed on the cheating? Because I know there's some things that are just like Altuve had like a buzzard set up like on a shirt. That's why I wouldn't tear it off. I mean, all that stuff is still like a little hearsay, right? But there's some things that we yeah. actually know that have happened that they've apologized to and admitted to. Yeah, that's that's speculative that the Altuve things. Although it's it's very damning when you look at the video. Um, so macro uh, November twelfth, going all the way back to November twelfth, Mike Fears uh, basically admitted he was a former pitcher for the Astros that there was some cheating going on that there they were stealing stealing signs and had this elaborate uh, trash can banging and some other things going on to basically send a message to the batter what kind of pitch was coming. Um, flash forward, uh, Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, has suspended uh, uh, the GM for the Houston Astros, Jeff Leno, for a year. And then the Astros promptly then after that fired him. Yeah. Uh, the manager, A.J. Hinch, he has been uh, suspended for a year. The Astros fired him. Uh, the uh, uh, Cora... Uh, Cora, who is now the manager for the Red Sox, he is suspended indefinitely from from for a year, but they haven't fired him. They're still trying to fill that out. Carlos Beltran was a part of that for the Mets. He got fired, uh, wasn't really suspended. And then the Astros were given a penalty of $5 million, mm-hmm. um, as well as they were docked their first two uh, selections, first two round picks in 2020 and 2021, for like the uh, their their MLB draft, so that was the punishment. But there's still a lot of speculation about the players, as you're talking about Altuve and some of the other guys, and what maybe their role was. And I think that's where some of the the outrage is, is why this hasn't been handled maybe as as the public wants. Yeah, because right now it seems like the general consensus is the commissioner 
kind of like just bangled us a little bit, right? Or bungled it or whatever. Like, it's just kind of like, odd. like the quotes are a little off. Like it's, there's something like, um, well, you know what, in a perfect world, like, what can you do? And it's just like, well, you got to do something. I didn't like, yeah, even yeah. if it's super nuanced and complicated, like pull some triggers. And, and he, yeah. And he also talked, people wanted the asterisks for the Astros title in 2017. Yeah. And he's kind of had like a, a very tone deaf, like, well, it's just a hunk of metal, which really like, well, that's what they all play for. Don't don't diminish yeah, exactly. what they're doing. They're all trying to play for a championship. And yes, it's a, it's a trophy, but it's the spirit of the game. Um, to be fair, I mean, fair is maybe the wrong word, but it is the one of the largest uh, suspensions ever levied by an, a major league baseball commissioner. Um, and I think it's it's you know it's the most that they can find them. And they suspended both of those, the, the manager and the general manager, for a year. I think the big reason why they didn't want to go after the individual players, and I've kind of heard some rumblings, is, is then it be- gets into an individual case. Like, you got to prove against the NFL or the Major League Baseball's Players Association that I actually did it, that I actually got these signs, that I willingly participated in it. I think that's where his, from a legally standpoint, that's where he's a little. Um, a little uh, shaky on. That's what I would like to see, though. I'd like to see him go after some of these players because they all knew that they did it. I mean, his Manfred statement was like, well, they all participated in it. It was a player-driven thing, but the managers and the general managers didn't create like yeah. a, basically like a culture conducive to playing by the rules. So they're the ones that get punished. And the players who orchestrated it and fulfilled it, they don't get any problem. They don't. There's no issues with them. I'm not suspending you guys. Okay, well, you're saying that they didn't, uh, they're worried about having to kind of prove that they were culpable or they participated. Well, they came out and apologized, didn't they? Isn't it like showing guilt? Yeah, Altuve and, um, oh, I forget, Bergman, I think it was, came out at like the Astros just recently at the Astros, like, you know, fan day or whatever, and was like, yeah, we're real sorry for the things that happened. Um, you know, and we're you know we're gonna come back and win a title next year, and I was like, it was just very odd. It was just all odd, yeah. you know, saying anything or addressing anything. Like it is a mission of guilt, but that you know that was the, that was very vague. There also too that was also interesting because there's a lawsuit by a former pitcher I think who played for the Yankees or maybe the Dodgers who has been since like he he faced off against the Astros, got shelled. And like three innings and then has never played in baseball since and he's filing a, an individual lawsuit like a civil suit against the astros so i think there's also a little something of maybe they want to get too specific into that yeah they, they kind of treaded that line of what legally they can say or can't say so these players is this a little bit like the steroids thing where it's a lot more rampant and just kind of something as soon as you shine a light on it, you realize it's kind of going throughout the league? Or do you feel it's more of like these guys cheated or are they just kind of – are they on the peak of what a slippery slope is or do they obviously take it way too far? Yeah, I think it's – I think they took it way too far. I think it is like a steroids thing where I think it's – we'd be probably – maybe surprised to find out how much it is going on. If you remember 2017, uh, or, or yeah, tw- in 2017, the Red Sox got penalized yeah. for using Apple watches. Um, and even earlier in that, I don't know if you remember, there was a St. Louis Cardinals employee who worked in the, like the analytics department who got, who this is also interesting too, because it ties back to the Astros. He basically was, he did he was given 46 months in prison for corporate espionage because he was hacking into the Astros analytics database called ground control um, where he was trying to see if uh, what they were doing, the general manager for the Astros, Jeff Leneau was a former Cardinals employee and worked in their department, helped build their, their, uh, their triple a and minor league ball club and also helped them win a title and then came over to the Astros uh, the guy, Chris Carrera, who is the Cardinals employee who got 48 months in prison, cited that he really was checking on it because he thought that the uh, Astros were looking at their database, that they were, that Leno was using his access to get back in there. So I think once you start to peel the onion a little bit, it starts to become like, all right, I, I just have a feeling, and sign stealing has never been something that is like, 
totally like it, it's happened in the league for long before we were ever. It's just never had the technology advancements yeah. that that we're looking at today. Well, is is that is uh, that a little bit of the the unwritten rule is like so if you can find a way to steal the sign, but it's not like technology. You're not using technology and cameras and stuff. Then it's kind of like fair game. Yeah, exa- yeah, absolutely. It's like you know, so there's like they'll have a different set of signs for when a runner's on second base versus just runners on first and third when they can't see it as well. So, yes, the the advent of like you know telescopic lenses and Apple watches and getting that information as fast to that batter as possible is uh, is definitely something that is beyond it. And it's one of those things where it's like it very much it feels very reminiscent to not to tie back to the NFL, but it very feels very much like Spygate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all those guys were all those teams were doing it. The 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 um the uh Patriots were just the most egregious about it. And it's funny, both of them Yeah, I don't think cited... you have to use uh, past tense about them being egregious about it. Like it's still <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's still kind of going exactly. on. Exactly. But it's funny too that they both cited the Astros and the Patriots that well, even though we did it and we did it like rampantly, it didn't really help us at all and we didn't really, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like are we supposed to believe this now? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, okay, so I want to go back to the beginning a little bit. Uh, there's just two more big questions I want to get. I know we're up against it before we kind of get yeah. out of this because it is super interesting. Um, why did the pitcher blow the whistle on this? Is there not some kind of, like, blue wall of silence or something for, like, the, the players to even, if it was happening, for them to handle it internally? Is there grievances he has against the Astros or something? Um. So he... He that's interesting you asked that. Mike Fears is the guy's name. So he was actually um he went to another team in like eighteen or nineteen. He went to the Tigers, uh, I don't remember which year, and he was saying he cited that he spoke up because and he was the only one to be named. There were three other people there so there are four total people that, that basically dropped the dime on the Astros. He's the only one that put his name on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, put your name on put it. Put your name on it. A little Jay Moore throwback. Right uh, um, but he uh, he cited the fact that, well, if they're doing it to these young pitchers, it's not really fair to them. They're out there, and their whole livelihood is kind of in the balance, and you're cheating. And if this kid gets shelled, now you get tossed back into the minors. It throws off your whole momentum. It throws off your development. And he's like, and that's why I stood up. Okay, Whether so, that's so true it, or not, yeah, it is kind of that brothers in arms, but he's he's being loyal to pitchers, like to fellow pitchers, yeah. and it's just like yeah. it's not fair for these guys. And he's and he's also the ones that are that haven't come up yet and developed and learned the skill set and kind of what's going on. And for that, I'm like, well, you know, if that's the reason why, yeah, great, like, you know. But it's yeah, we should have hit this earlier, also. So the the signal that they're stealing is they're basically and it's they say it's a huge advantage or at least a big enough advantage for them to risk everything to do it is that they're looking for the off-speed pitches, right? If a changeup's coming, that's what they're trying to communicate. Yeah, and that's what they were – that's historically when you look at it. And then you could go on YouTube and search all of these things out. Oh, it's you wild. hear it. It yeah. is wild, right? It's yeah. nuts. And, yeah, and it's like if, if, it's a, if it's a fastball, there's no signal. Anything off-speed like a changeup or anything like that – they they bang away on that trash can, and uh, then you know the off speed. And that's the thing is these guys like when you know it's coming, you can just have that extra second to tee it up and line it up, and it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, I wish that like proportionally. I mean, is there any perspective you can put us in on like how big of an advantage that is? Like this is bigger than you know you knowing that you know Tom Brady's throwing like a quick out pattern, like a quick slant. Like this is like as a defender, like this is bigger right. than that. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of like football. It's like running. It's it'd, it'd be like knowing it's like I'm running. Not only am I running, but I'm I'm running between the tackles. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then you can line up all your guys, all 11 of your guys in between the tackles. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Or even like if you flip a little bit, because it's like, you know what the defense is doing. So it'd be like, you know. I know that the uh, whatever the cornerback is gonna bite on the first hitch, so like I'm just gonna go like an up and go because I know 100 percent right. he's gonna do that. And then, right. Um, yeah. All right, but then, uh, last one before we get out of here: should they vacate the title? Mm. See, this is something uh, I don't. I mean, it still happened, and and the vacating of the title. It's interesting. I don't know. I mean, if you look at it from a collegiate perspective, there's been a lot less titles vacated for 
a lot less. You know, the USC with Reggie Bush, yeah. you know, he the, well, he still played on the field. He was still bar, by far and away the best player on, on, on that field. And all he did was just take monies from, from yeah, and, and in no and in no way did what he did enhance his performance. Right, exactly. Yeah, it didn't do anything. But I mean, historically, I don't think in any major league sport, uh, like in, a, in like a modern era, you know, has any sport ever vacated a title? It, it'd be unprecedented. And uh, I think it's one of those things where I'm sure Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros you know basically fought for none of that to happen yeah and threw the the two biggest culture offenders in his organization out on a limb and and hopefully that would make it go away um but yeah i just don't see how they could do it i think there you'd just be inundated with like a tremendous amount of like lawsuits i mean i would fight if, if you were the astros owners you'd fight that tooth and nail right yeah 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 and you're right i think that we'd also have to see even if they were so it's it is unprecedented. It doesn't feel like it's going to happen because a lot of other dominoes will start to fall. And I think to your point, like player suspensions, you know, you would see those before you'd see the league actively going after those. I feel if like all that stuff was lining up and if they don't feel right. confident that they can even, you know, suspend a player without them, you know, uh, lawsuit against it or like filing an appeal, then it's just like, all right, well, if you can't even prove it to suspend, suspend them for some games, like how are you going to prove like to actually just remove their title? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. It'd be it'd be impossible to do, and you just get your game would be just you know hung up in you know courtrooms for your yeah. you know entire duration as commissioner. I rather well, um, very interesting. We'll keep a little eyeball on this. Um, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. What was the over under for plunking for Astro players? I think it was, it was like eighty three and a half. Yeah, <laughs> eighty yeah, three and a half. All right, we'll be counting that. Um, all right, we got guest Aaron Champion in studio. Let's go. in studio for his second time what did we do what did we do the first time you were on oh we did um flight of the navigator flight of yeah. the navigator yes yeah. we did that's right uh joining us for a new segment here um we're calling it deep end of the pool uh it's our little gonna be a little tech talk something that we don't necessarily understand technology wise but we're just gonna fucking nope. jump in just spitball just kind of armchair just some shit around about what we think um, and this week we're doing cryptocurrency. We'll talk a little blockchain. Aaron Champion, we had talked about this, I think, last week in a little bit. We've been t- talking about it even more over the course of like the two years. Uh, you got involved in cryptocurrency a little bit. What did you like about it and what the fuck is it? <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I, I heard it on an NPR story in 2012. It was, I think, uh, at the time... Um, Bitcoin was at like two dollars. <throat> yeah, and man, I wish I'd listened to that NPR story. Yeah, it's I like really nine thousand dollars today. Yeah, and it got up to I think in the twenties at some point. Holy shit! Yeah, I remember the story like people like going. I I think it was um I don't remember what podcast it was, but it was people that had like literally like millions of dollars in Bitcoin on old hard drives, and they were going to try to find them. Like they were losing their minds looking for those old uh, uh, dongles with with their their blockchain codes on them. Yes. Yeah. See, that's why. So, uh, how does this work? You have like you know you have a Bank of America account. You forget your password. You like email them, or they call you, and they kind of verify it twice. You can get back in there. Not the case with this Bitcoin, right? If you don't have the digits to get in, it's just over. 
Correct. I, I mean, it doesn't. Ha- you don't have to look at it that way. You can look at it as decentralized verification of uh, transactions. So instead of relying on on a central server that has your encrypted information, lining it up with your password and transferring that money and waiting for the forms to be filed. Uh, crypto takes that all away and is decentralized. Yeah. So every uh, node has a bit of the information that uh, can make that transaction verifiable and move it quickly across the hell yeah uh, i get <laughs> i'm into it i like it i uh how do you this is gonna sound like a real dumb question how do you get your money that's what i want to know how do you how do you pull the money out of this what is this where, where how do i get some and how do i get my money out of it well i mean um well, how do you mean? Are you are you trying to are you looking at financials? Because I look at this in a so bigger, is this like an investment portfolio, view. or can you use this as yeah, like champ? This I is, mean, it's, I, it's called deep into the pool. Like we don't know shit, so it's just like how do I step one? How do I buy uh, it? How do I get my like well, two dollars well, back? The idea is the same as any 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 financials that we deal with now. It's just a, a way of verification. So instead of going to a bank, you're uh, and this is going to sound scary. You're relying on miners to verify your transfer of funds. So it's decentralized. Every, every computer is verifying and putting a stamp on any move you make with your money. The money's the same. It's just how it is, uh, how the virtual ledger, there's a ledger across the network that is kept by multiple people. Saying yes, I saw that guy move that money. Gotcha. Yes, I saw that guy so, move that money. So, so then what a causes the fluctuation times. in the in the value of crypto then? Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. All right. There you go. Now we're all on the event. All right. I like it. Yeah, these swings are, um, I think, the nature of yeah. it being brand new. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it's not anything to invest in, at this gotcha. point. No. It's uh, what what is what is most important is the technology of blockchain, which can be moved to other areas of, of human interaction, which is voting. Um, it can be used in, um, you know, we're getting into a world where deep fake and fake news can be verified by ah. a blockchain instead of a centralized entity telling you this is real or this is not. You have several people who it's kind of like torrenting something like yeah, Napster. Okay. In the All right, now you're 90s. speaking my language. Everybody's got a piece yeah, of yep. the code. Everybody's got a piece of the code telling you, yes, I can verify so, like, that. I'm yes, not going to get verify a, that. a bunch of malware on my computer. Okay, I got it. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, Napster gives me flashbacks of just like my computer unable to be able to boot up and everything. <laughs> uh, so it's a little bit like this. Um, if I understand blockchain correctly, so there's like a liquor I like, chartreuse, and it's like the legend is like three monks only know one third of the recipe and nobody knows the full recipe. So whatever, to simplify it, let's say there's just this 16-digit code that is whatever my my currency, like my Bitcoin or whatever, but it's like my computer houses four digits of the 16. It never knows the full 16. And then three other computers that I don't know and they don't know that, like have the other, is that, am I close? Am I insane? I, I feel, I feel super deep in this pool. Sure. Sure. <laughs> You're as close as I am. You're there as you close go. as I, I am. I like it. it uh, this is, this is computer science that I, I did not go to school for. I vaguely understand it, but it, it does make sense to me as a, uh, I think it's safer than getting hacked, uh, your bank account getting hacked. I mean, how many times this year have you yeah. had, uh, you know, your credit yeah, card the hacked da- Yeah, the, the data breaches. Gas I get emails probably pre-time. semi-regularly about some institution <clears throat> and the data breaches that come with that. So I think from that aspect, yeah, so now it, it, it like you said, it, it now everyone holds a little kind of, a, a key to your your lock, if you will, um, and there, thereby making it safer and decentralizing it. I still, I still question though. Will Will you think? Do you think, Champ, there ever be a time that cryptocurrency uh, pushes through and pushes past the traditional 
you know, the, the tangible dollars and cents that we have in our pockets, or is everything going to be a virtual currency of some form? Well, I, I really do think that uh, blockchain cryptocurrency will exist in financials the way it's working now. Um, it's going to be a way to move money sure. incredibly fast because that is the key to markets working. Any, any kind of gain in speed is what's key. The centralized way of moving money is relatively, I mean, it's very fast now, but it's relatively slow. Decentralizing this, where the verification can happen over trillions and trillions of uh, uh, computation, whatever, you know, it's going to be a, mm -hmm. uh, something I don't understand. But it, but it can be verified way faster because uh, humans aren't involved and it's it. not Yeah, it would seem like we naturally would have to move to some. And I think it's I think it's a key to I think it's the future of voting. I think it's the future of. Uh, you know, knowing that what you're seeing in the news is real, I think those are all important areas where uh, blockchain will come come into the okay, world. Okay, so that's kind not of what we've like, learned here, I think, Jeff. It's like you're not so much concerned about or interested in, you know, cryptocurrency as an investment. It's too volatile. Like, if you want to do that, you might as well just go play fucking roulette. It's gambling. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, it's fun to... Ha right, yeah, it's fun to have you know, some money in XRP or Ripple and watch it swing a thousand dollars up and a thousand dollars down. But uh, no, it's... It, yeah, I mean, yeah, I bet, really... bet the Celtics every night. You'll watch your money swing up and down a thousand dollars here, a thousand dollars there, hundred percent. Right. Um, so, but there is the big positive that you see coming out of all this is kind of a, this new blockchain. Yeah, the blockchain te it's the technology. technology. Verify yeah, it's it's, it's a way switch. of... It's a way of verification verification of human interaction that's that's really I think excellent well now let's jump into the important. cryptocurrency of movies it may be date night jerry mcguire oh yeah it's the map date night the showdown is where they fight here they discuss if this movie sucks why because this pot fucks i said this pot fucks oh yeah this pot fucks all right, it may be date night, Jerry Maguire. Something that's going to be a lot easier to tackle would be talking a little bit of Tommy Cruise as opposed to blockchain. So now mm. we can really jump in here. Talk something that's my specialty, and that is the American treasure that is Tommy C. Real fast, um, your guys' first reactions after watching this. When was the last time you've seen it besides Ooh. just watching it now? Probably like somewhere in the early 2000s, somewhere in there. You know, it's always like a kind of a, a staple. If you're ever flipping through HBO or something like that and see it, you always let it kind of run for 10 oh, you got minutes you. or so. Like how many times yeah, have you exactly. seen it, you think? Oh, uh, probably like five. I don't watch movies like over and yeah. over again, but probably like start to finish, probably three or four, but pieces of it, you know, probably dozens of times. Yeah, I'm probably in the 20s, 20s, 30s, right. I think. Okay. I'm, right. I like this one. How about you, yeah. champ? I had not seen it since I saw it in the theaters in 1996. Does it hold up? Absolutely. Yeah. It yeah, really yeah, does. I'm, it was okay, a I'm taste gonna... of. It was a taste of nostalgia that that was just a fucking treat. I loved yeah, it. Exactly. Okay. So if if like if slightly tearing up Tommy Cruise is your thing, you're gonna fucking love this movie. Mm. Just almost like from. Pull the pole, beginning to end. There's just a glaze where he's barely like keeping it together, and it's just like that's my favorite Tom Cruise. I love that Tom Cruise. I love the you know few good men like kind of drunk. We're not going to get this case together, Tom Cruise, and he is just plastered all in this movie. I think even like I think the quote from like Rod Tidwell, which is like you're hanging on by by a very thin thread, and I dig that I about you. I love that about you. Yeah, it's just yeah. like that mm -hmm. is that encompasses who Tom Cruise is playing in this movie. And it's fucking great. Yeah, he's amazing at it. It's great. I was thinking about when I was watching this, has there been like a better sequence from in Jerry Maguire from the the diner scene where Bob Sugar lets him go all the way through to the to the elevator scene where we first learn about you had me at hello. There's been more parodies and more callbacks in that like 18 minutes of film, you know, from like everyone thinks I'm going to freak out. Yeah. And all that stuff in like the, you know, uh, you had me at hello. 
the show me the money scene like oh, yeah. all those scenes like all that in there that has been parodied and cut up and used like that's like a great like 18 19 minutes of film like it's a it's it's the best it is perfect i love it no, but I, I love that it's a cultural uh a touchstone for for um you know millions of people i mean it's yeah. something that it, that it goes with us as we age it it's so i think it's great but i will say from a corporate governance stance who lets the guy who just got fired back into the building to call his clients? I have that note written down. Oh, that's good. That's okay, we'll save it. Yep, <laughs> save, save it for we plot pills, guys. There are 10 pills. Yeah. There are 10. We'll get to them. Sorry um, about that. Yeah, so, so I did. Yeah, I like that 20 minutes. That I did want to bring that up. I was like, is there a better, like, your fired scene or more memorable, like, getting fired scene than, like, Jerry McGuire? Like, no, than, Tom like, Cruise kills that. Yeah, the, that who's, the who's coming with so me. so honest. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, who's going? Well, I mean, him? in the restaurant when he fires him. Yeah. Oh, even I yeah, absolutely. It to my core. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he's like he and we've all sat there and every time it's like you brought me to a crowded restaurant so there'd be no scene. Yeah. And then he's like looking at it, he's like, well now I changed my mind. I don't want I I don't want uh, fewer clients. I want all of them. I want yours too. And like that, it's like I'm not gonna lose. Like I love the the determination. Like firing out of the building. It's great. It's fantastic. I love. Yeah. Here's, I love Tom Cruise. So here's here's my question on, and maybe it's plot pills. So I'll I'll go through this. I'll skip them over, and then we'll jump into plot pills because I do want one last positive thing about the movie that I want to bring up is, I don't know if there's any song that gives me a Pavlovian effect to immediately start crying quicker than "Secret Garden" by Bruce Springsteen. When that jam comes on in this movie, <laughs> oof. Anybody else? A little dusty? A little, a little dusty? Oh, it gets dusty AF. Yeah. Um, yeah, so our, our boy Jay Moore, friend of the podcast, plays a little Bob Sugar. So uh, just to get started on the plot points, I don't – why would they fire Jerry Maguire? He seems well, to be because, really good at his job. Yeah, because he well, said he, he wants less clients and less money. And that's exactly it. And and that's the whole th- the whole crux of it. It's like he's kind of lost, you know, the the corporate mo and wants he's going to go rogue. So let's oh, get got it, got it, got it. Okay, so yeah, so that so the greed machine that an agent needs to be. He's kind of said it out loud that he's just like that's no longer how. And he the wants sharks, to do it. the sharks. And so they're just like it, yeah, they're just like well, why do we want you, you know. Why, why would you operate only handling like four people when I can get another agent in here that would like operate and handle like 20 and that's more. Right. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do your plot. Uh, toughest plot pills to swallow. Uh, try to do these in order. Okay. So my big one I want to get to, maybe this isn't plot pill. Why did the NFL green light this movie? The NFL doesn't ever really green light any movies, especially like one that's rated what is this? 100%. It blew me away to re, re, you know hear about the concussion shit. That is 1996. Well, the, the yeah. concussion were... thing is weird because the concussion thing is actually it's a hockey player. Because I, I made the same note you did. And I was just like, why would they like let someone talk associate concussions? They with put the Cuba through an MRI machine about. Yes, about there's it. a That's scene yeah. where he goes in and is like, oh, it's just a concussion. Oh, yeah. And yeah it was right. definitely one of those things. And then obviously the, the final scene against... Uh, was it the Dallas on Monday Night Football? And um, Regina King, yeah. Yeah, and that's and then you're right. The hockey player who had four concussions and his kid told him to, you know, to fuck you or and all that stuff. By the way, what's up, kid? Like, can you imagine 1996 telling an adult to fuck you? Like, well, a couple kids say gonna say to the me. word fuck. Like the little Renee Zellweger, Dorothy Boyd yeah, son right. says. It's just this movie is chocked full of kids cussing. It's yes, just kids dropping f bombs left and right. You said you said you said fuck. Uh, so that's just a little surprising. Like uh, the NFL, like usually this is. Oh, why can't I find the fucking rating on this? That's oh, exactly what I thought. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe I would, that the I, NFL let that go. I'm surprised. Uh, I, I wonder if they thought it was going to. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because they use usually they they would uh, doctor up a, a team and make it the Arizona Arizona like you know Phoenixes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. They they wouldn't do it to the Cardinals. So I don't know. I'm I don't know who Cameron Crow uh, had to plead with at the time. Ninety six, that still would have been Tagliabue. Maybe he was on his way out. I think. I think maybe he was like, I don't fuck it. I don't care. Yeah, because nobody's okay. So um. All right, plot pills. Let's get into it, guys. Um, if you got one, jump in. We'll try to do them in order. Uh, so I think we have a lot talking about the 
the firing scene. I know I got a couple there. Champ, what did you have? Letting yeah, the back. firing scene. No one lets no one lets the guy back into the building after he's fired. Yeah, not in a million years. Not. I mean, maybe to his get phone his is things. taken away. Yeah, he's with security, and his secretary is not going to let like start dialing his clients up. If he's, I don't even think he was on the masthead of SMI sports yeah. agency. So it's not even like he's a, 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 an ownership position. Like your ass is getting packed up and sent out. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. you're not coming. And where does he do, what does he do with all the, all the paraphernalia that's in there? All this memorabilia that's in there. It's going to yeah. take days. Yeah. To yeah. That, that little box out. that he takes out of the office. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that was like, just being on set that always reminds me is just like, Oh shit, we're doing the, we're doing the firing scene and then just like a little PA like just gets a little box and throws some shit in and it's just like Here, here's your prop Mr. Cruz um, it just seemed like it seemed Bob Sugar was a little reactionary or like they could have because they do hint to the fact that Bob Sugar has reached out to Rod Tidwell because like the wife's like yes you call my house is that my f- hey man that's, that's podcast Brooklyn. That's right. In the house. That's right. Uh, But it just seemed like he was all of a sudden, why not contact all these people and kind of get it done beforehand, like on a lot of these clients and just be like, hey, like, yeah, that made no sense. Like go ahead and lock down if he, if he calls you, but maybe he's just doing damage control. All right. I'm single mother. Would she quit her job on the spot? This is, she had the, Hey, I thought about this. I had the same note. Then I, remember the scene in the kitchen where she says I can take that job yeah, in San Diego. Yeah, she says she can take the San Diego job. I she, had a, she had a life book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have bigger questions about Dorothy as to, like, is she just wanting to lock down a guy or is she really inspired by this this memo? You know what I mean? This, this mission statement. The airplane scene with her almost on her knees listening to him describe um, you know, proposing to... Yeah. Uh, another Scientologist was kind of weird. It didn't, that didn't age well. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause first yeah, it, it was, it was a little class thing, but it was also more of her like pining for a different life. And it made it yes. seem like she would, she was just trying to, and not in like a gold digger ish way, but trying to like hitch her wagon to somebody who could take her out of her life now. And that's what I thought was. Yeah. That didn't age well. Strange against, uh, uh, against the progression of her character yeah i saw that too like uh it was a little money it's just like does she you know is she wanting to be she doesn't like her status in life is it born to be an accountant like does she really but but there is there is an argument to be said that she got that way after reading the memo the memo is what made her like she hadn't been inspired a while in a while and then she was inspired yeah. yeah, because man. the memo was already out at that point. Well, I definitely think after a drunk Tommy C shows up and like gropes your boob, then it's probably like, nah, maybe this guy's full of shit. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that was just twenty-five pages of rambling, and uh, maybe there's not, uh, maybe there's not the good guy behind there. They did give him a standing O in the lobby. I mean, it, it meant something. Yeah, right. But that was in a room full of people who bullshit and lie their whole lives, and you know. That's that's it's all the same people. It's agents just lying to each other and patting themselves on the back. That's I think how I be a kernel that. of a, a beauty in it, and I think honestly, you know, something that touched people, sure. but they knew as sharks do that there's blood in the water. Um, all right, I can take his client. Yep, that's good. Does the medical staff let Rod Tidwell get up off the field after he lies there? <laughs> And they're By like the way, in 1996, absolutely yeah. bringing the gurney. Can, I, yeah. I, right, exactly. I was laughing with Doctor Business the Commission because he was on the phone. Tom Cruise was on the phone with Regina King. Yeah. And he was like, "They got the best medical doctors working on him." Yeah. And they cut to it, and literally the doctor, the trainer's like, "Come on, Rod, <laughs> clapping his hands, like come on, come on." It's like really, that's the best technology we got. You know, it's clapping his hands. Um, I thought that that no, there's no way, and he's like doing like backflips and like you know breakdancing moves it's like no way come on man yeah it's i mean nuts. at least like and they do bring it up he gets flagged for it. like when when does the ref finally go from celebrating that this guy's okay to where it's just like excessive celebration that'll be 15 yards we're gonna assess it on the extra point or will you want to do it on the kickoff <laughs> right exactly it is the no fun league um i've got one other plot pill that happens even before that yeah good when it's preseason and they get the offer letter from the Cardinals and it's like one year for like 1.7 or whatever it is. Yeah. 
and they have that scene in the Manhattan Beach house. And Dorothy yells back at Regina King's character, he's broke. He's got no money. Like, he's broke. He doesn't have anything. Yeah. So how the fuck does Jerry Maguire float from basically then, which is we're talking August, to December, flying all over the country, going to his players' games? like Credit, bro. For the, cre- well, an extreme load of credit, right? I mean... Paying, yeah, is he not is he not paying for door he's paying for he pays for a wedding too yeah credit. well it also it might well in their inner backyard I mean, yeah no great, yeah better. right but he's look he's he was those were banquet beers baby Th- well, those he, were pretty yeah. penny back then he could have you know it could have been built into his cash flow also like he could have projected those expenses and knowing that he needs to buy like six flights eight flights a month or whatever and he's just like all right this is staying me for like three or four months all right all right as as a new business owner, as a business owner, <laughs> I can I can tell you a lot of this is just cash flow model for flights. <laughs> um, okay, so one plot pill also is I don't like does let's get into the Cush signing. Why would Cush? So they show up to this draft thing. Cush is introducing you know Jerry Maguire to the media on the surface ski thing. Is this like I don't this is my agent? Talk to my agent. This is my agent, and then. They just all of a sudden go with sugar at the last second. It just seemed like a it little made perfect sense to me, and I'll tell you why. Mm. Oh, tell me, Jerry Ooh, did hot not take, hot listen. take, guys, turn up your. Ooh, Jerry, look out, back away. Jerry back did away. not listen, and it was it, that scene was very poignant. Jerry did not listen when uh, Bo Bridges and uh, what's his face uh, Sliders guy Jerry O'Connell said they wanted to go to Denver, and right. Jerry was pushing for the bigger number in San Diego. Right. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. said over and over again, I want to ski. So even when when he said it, my uh, word is strong as oak, Jerry wasn't listening to them. He was not Ooh. catering to them. Yeah. He was Ooh. not following his own truth. Like we should be listening to our clients. Oh. We should have fewer clients. He wanted the bigger number, that $20 million coming from San Diego. Your fucking oh. team. Of course, Bo Bridges went with Bob Sugar who said, I'll do what you want. Your team, Bo Bridges. That is what hot take, bro. Yeah, but you gotta really you, got. you gotta see it again and, and look at Bo when he's but, like but it's I Bo, wanna be in Denver and I said that to you. No, but Bo no, okay, but you know, I'll disagree I'll disagree with that. I think it's a good point, but Bo's number one priority, <laughs> I wish I could remember the dad's name. Cush's dad's well his name's probably Cush too, right? Yeah, his last name. Cush Cush Senior. Cush Senior, yeah. Cush. Cush Senior's priority was him going number one overall no matter where it was. So if Denver right. traded up above yeah, yeah, San Diego. Yeah. yeah, sure. But he was going to go number one no matter what. I mean, and Jerry said that. Well, then, like, Jerry he said. I, he I mean, said like three times in the meeting, I want to be right. in Denver. He should be in Denver. Yeah. And but I think he Jerry said that, comes in. He him. said that not because he liked the Broncos. He said that because he thought it looked like Denver was going to get that top spot. And then I think when they're in the hotel room, it's like Denver. No, it looked Denver personal left. to me. I think he wanted his boy in Denver. Anyway, that's my take. Let me see. Let me see what you're drinking, champ. Is that a bloody beer? What is that? You're very Team Bo Bridges on this beer. One. Beer and tomato juice. Bloody beer. Beer and tomato. I, I, I drink what Bo drinks. Uh, yeah. It's a yeah. it's a light rosé yeah. with a there. little bit of um. I'm gonna, okay, that's that's why I, that's why I thought it was right. Okay. I don't I don't think I don't think that's in Bo's in Cush Senior. I think class. that's exactly what Bo Bridges. I don't drinks. think Cush Senior has had a rosé in his life, and I he's would like, bet. you mean you mean a flower? You tell how you gonna drink a flower, son. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I'm actually talking about the actor. I don't know. I don't know what is Kush real. Kush. Uh, okay, guys, Kush. let's get back on track. So that's that. Uh, I don't think, but you told me why he would go with him last second. Um, you were in the lobby with the black fella. Is Kush Senior a racist? Let's yes. just get it out there. Absolutely. Sure, fella. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't. Then he didn't, didn't need to be on Team McGuire. That's not the kind of. That's not. What is the name of McGuire? We don't. We don't want. We. You know they're they're the villains here. They're yeah. not good people. Yeah, we'll no. get to where are they now. I got. I got a take on what happened to our boy Kush. Um, okay, this question is probably going to be a little bit more for most awesome. You can. You're welcome to jump in if you'd like to, Champ. But imagine not. Um, where does the 1996 Rod Tidwell get drafted in fantasy football next year? Let's say you take Rod Tidwell, 1996. Where is he going in our fantasy football draft? Well, he's he's basically led the Cardinals to a playoff spot. Yeah. So I'm guessing back then we're looking at like 
70 to 80 catches in 1996. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's probably like – he's a tier two wide receiver. Like he's like 10th or 11th wide receiver somewhere in there. Yeah, I got him. So, I got him. I have him top tier three around WR nine. Oh, like I like, it. like okay, like solid in a PPR league. Going to get a lot of catches. Going to let right. you down a little bit on the TD end of things. Like yes. not going to get as many as you'd like, but you definitely know like he's gonna he's gonna rack up some receptions. Yeah, you're still going Michael Irvin, Jerry Rice. Like those guys are still coming off the board early. Tidwell's going to be around there, though. He might win your your league, though. He might win your league. Might, yeah, he could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. there. Let's jump into best quotes. This – we'll wait for Champ to get back. Champ, come back, sir. We don't want you to miss out on best quotes. This movie is filled to the brim with quotes. Um, show me the money. You complete me. Who's coming with me? Love the who's coming with me. Quan – did you shoplift the pooty as a little bonus? <laughs> and then I think my favorite is no heart, no heart. I'm all heart, motherfucker. Oh, when he when he uh, gets on the bus. On the yeah. bus, yeah. There's something just kind of like uh, help me. That's funny. Help you. Yeah. Help me. Oh yeah. Help you. Nice. Yeah. What do you, what do you got most awesome? I love the black man. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the money. Show me, yeah, that's all great. And it was like, you know, I went, I know the four pillars of marketing: shoes, cars. Like yeah. I just love Regina yeah. King. That she's amazing at that. So, I, I really do want to give love to Regina King. It's it's uh, she is such a heart, the heart of that movie. Yeah, really, I think she is. Yeah, yeah, there's absolutely. like they have that scene together and uh, at Jerry's house when she's uh, when he's about to take the one point five for three years. Yeah, and they have says, that. No, we determine we determine our own worth. Yeah, right. yeah, and they're, they're love that. It's scene. a great couple. They're totally sweet scene. together at like the crab shack or whatever. And then just yeah, her on in that final scene when she's on the phone, like uh, and she's kind of by herself in the kitchen and she's just like, like he's my world, like. This my world does not work yeah. without him. Like it's oh so, my god, that's what, yes. Yeah. And when she when she smacks around TP afterwards, when he was like talking shit a little yeah. bit, yeah, yeah, like, tries yeah. to kick him. Yeah, it's great. That was that was yeah, that was moving. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. Um, Jonathan Lipnicki was fantastic. The kid Ray. Oh was yeah, great. yeah. You said, you said fuck. That movie I think is bumped up by the fact that that kid is so freaking adorable. Exactly, hundred percent. You talk too much. I love that. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, let's do a little where are they now and close this down. Um, where's Rod Tidwell and Rod We Trust? And Rod We Trust. I feel like Rod actually opens up a car dealership in Arizona. I feel like that's like the next progression of local guy from Arizona, goes to Arizona State, plays at the Cardinals. Now he's got Tidwell's. You know, Hondas, he sells them across the board. Great prices, doing local commercials, but making a very good living. And obviously, he got the big the big contract, so he's able to spread it around and, and be smart with his money. I see that. Yeah, so he's definitely retired. He's not quite Hall of Fame. I don't think he quite got there. No. I think he goes down as uh, second most receiving yards for the Cardinals, obviously behind Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, right. Says 17,000. Who do you think second place for most receiving yards all time for the Arizona Cardinals? Oof. I'll be super impressed. Ooh, this is a little. Does MA have does it? Does MA have it? Oh, the, oh, for real. Oh, for real. Um, oh shit. Uh, probably not. Is it Ricky Prohl? No. Anquan Bolton. Who is it? Oh damn it. Yeah. yeah. Seven thousand. Seven thousand five hundred. Seven thousand. That's not a lot. Yeah. It's kind of a big drop off. Seventeen thousand for Larry Fitzgerald. Seven thousand for uh Anquan Bolton. Okay, uh Jerry Maguire, champ. Where's wait, Jerry wait, Maguire? Wait. I got I got something to say about where uh Oh Tidwell? Uh, Tidwell All right, jump in there, bro. Get out of there. So uh uh what's that ESPN show with Stephen Stephen A First I think take? he's I think he's actually hosting Stephen A's show. Oh and he's given Kevin Hart a lot of trouble on the show. A little okay. a little personality. Going at each other. Okay, I can see that. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Where I those, think uh, he's uh making making uh, way more money than it did in the NFL. Yeah, wear Actually, those uh, blazers without shirts underneath it, like you did for that big contract signing. Yeah, absolutely. I mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, yeah. That's where yeah. Rod Tidwell is. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna show up at the next what, next event suit and tie event that we're at. No yeah. shirt, no yeah. tie, just chest. That's me. Yeah, well, sometimes I'm going, black I'm going full Tidwell. Like, <laughs> full Tidwell. It's uh, a dress, tidwell. dress shirt optional. Um, all right, most awesome Dre McGuire. Where is he at? Oh, I think he's got a little boutique office. You know, I don't think it's blowing up anything. I think he's got Rod and a few other clients, and I think they and Dorothy make a, a healthy little living and, uh, you know, pay for Ray's college and all that good stuff. Champ, where you got Jerry McGuire? <laughs> well, I think he's gotten a horrible divorce, but he still uh, yeah. supports uh, that kid. Yeah. And I think he's um, making movies now and in the Trump administration. Yeah, that's, I'll, yeah. I'll say this. Uh, no matter where he, where he is at, he's definitely has only half of what he used to. I'll just leave it at that. Ooh. Read into it. I was trying what not to go on the on the anti like sentimental tip, but yeah. I mean, their their relationship they, is not, not yeah, they fortified. Got, and they got married because this failing business couldn't generate health insurance. Like this thing ain't going too. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a yeah like the sweat sweating forebrow like oh god. I don't know about this. All right, my last two is uh, I got the kid. I think his name's Ray, right? He's a middle reliever for the Rays Um, because we see he has kind of that good arm at the end. Not amazing. And then um, Kush. Kush was a bust, baby. NFL bust. Bust. Right after the conversation with Ryan Lee. Fuck off, Kush. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Kush. Yeah. This is Kush. Yeah, he blows it. Too full of himself. 100%. Uh, Loses all of his money. Maybe he's making a comeback tour like Ryan Leaf. Yeah. Motivational speaking. I think he actually owns a car dealership in uh, Dubuque, oh, okay. Iowa. Look at that. Look at that. There so, you go. Let's, let, we'll put it like this. Like, Jerry Maguire was the height of all these people's lives in 1996. Mm-hmm. It's all downhill for all these guys after this. Um, all right, guys. You got a movie you want us to tackle? Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. It's high noon. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Alright, we're up against it. We got Champ in studio gonna help us judge this. Um, Then I'll judge his judging. Not really, but we'll see. Do the right thing. We're doing top three cheeses. Glad we're doing this, too, because Champ mm. sent me a text. He was just like, have you guys done cheeses? And I dropped my phone because I was like, holy shit, we have not. It's right in front of our nose. Right, right in front of it. How could we forget this? I like cheese. Time. Champ likes love cheese. cheese. We got it on radio. Um, all right, top three out of the gate. My three spot. Going to get holy on you, brother. Going with a little mm. Swiss. That Swiss Ooh, I cheese. I love me some Swiss. I kind of grew into Swiss too. I don't know if I was like really wild about it when I was like a younger kid, but now I like I don't I don't know if it's like just a taste you grow into. But now I am pro Swiss. Swiss on a burger, fantastic. Yeah. Ham and Swiss sandwich, delish. Love it all. Love the Swiss. Yeah, it's good because uh, some, sometimes you forget to throw Swiss like on a burger. You're just like, oh yeah, yeah, they have cheese options for these cheeseburgers. What if I Swiss it up? Oh yeah, no, yeah, exactly. No, no cheddar. I want Swiss. I want to switch that up. I'm an adult. I can make these choices now. Yeah, well, um, I love Swiss. Here's why the Swiss burger kind of, and I'll make a note on this. Why it goes underneath the radar yeah. a lot of the times is because it's too cute. They're always fucking with it. If it's Swiss, they're just like they're going rogue on something else. Just like our Swiss cranberry burger. It's our Swiss mushroom. You know what I'm saying? Like you just can't. Nobody's just right. like we're doing a cheeseburger. Here's some Swiss on it. And like you kind of got to see outside the box and be like, that's right. I can knock all that other bullshit off. Like save your avocado slices. Just bring me a cheeseburger, but with Swiss instead of cheddar. Let's keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. this is going to be tough for you too because I, I feel like this borders on the white and creamy. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous on this. I don't know how you stand on this. Is this like my sharing food right here? You're like, all right, if it's melty, it's not quite creamy and it's white, so I'm good with it. Yeah, I know it's close. Okay, it's close. All yeah, right. there's some touch and go right. stuff. Trust me, there's gonna you're gonna fuck up. You're gonna name a cheese that's no good. I oh I for sure I know maybe it's, I, right it's now. probably gonna be one of them. Yeah, exactly. It's not gonna be right now. I'm gonna go with I love Munster cheese. It's fun to say. It's delicious. Goes on all sandwiches. It's available at the stores now, and it's kind of got that little. That little orange border around it, but it's got a nice kind of uh, 
I think it's in the Swiss family. I'm not sure. I don't actually know what it tastes like. It tastes Man, like a Vardy. I, I no, like he it. shakes his head no. Well, I just like See? your TV ad style, just like now available in stores. Was it not available in stores? Is it just just now you can go to the store and buy it? Like it used to just not be I, there? I don't ever remember when I was a kid seeing a Vardy. <laughs> okay. Good for Munster coming up. It, in the... it, wasn't, it wasn't the LaCroix of me growing up. Yeah. No, so it's... was Munster just invented in like the last three years? Like where, where did it come I think out? so. I think that's actually 100% true. I'm trying to remember. It was. It was. Really? Was it? It's, it's, not, it's not that old. Anyway, go on. <clears throat> no, no. That's it. That's all I got. It's great on a sandwich. It's, uh, it's not quite Swiss. It's a little exotic. It's fun to say Munster. Yeah. Is it? I'm just trying to remember. It's, it's a little on the... The provolone, it's a, it's a mild cheese. Not a lot of flavor going on. It's based off of a German cheese uh, called Alsatian. Look at this. Anyway, go on. No. Oh, you really know your cheese. Damn, yeah. Okay. So you're right. telling me it's like a cheese adaptation. All right, how do you score this? It's an American Originals. cheese. Monster is fantastic. Hell yeah. It's a U.S. It's a goal. Yeah, America. USA. That's all right. That's what I <laughs> USA. Get get out of here, Swiss. All right, we got the foreigner. We got the US. Uh, we got the USA uh, adaptation of a cheese, or we have like a staple of Swiss. Uh, how do you score the first yeah, round? You know, we all love the Swiss how do, so much. <laughs> how you score it, champ? I'm gonna go with Monster, absolutely, Ooh. and I, because I like I like the cheese better. Yeah, that's all. You're a it's good I mean, call. Your presentation was. Precious, you're, but I I like the cheese better. You're a monster. Um, all right, cheese number two out of the gates. I'm going with the classic. Love this cheese. Consistently, has been my number one cheese since I was a kid and could get my paws on it. Extra sharp cheddar. You can't get too sharp for me. You cannot get. You can yeah. double X. You could triple X that sharp. Like bring it, bring it sharp, bring it cheddar. Give me that. I didn't even realize this too. So. There's, I don't know if they're related. So there's a, there's a Crackle Barrel, which is the restaurant, but there's a brand of cheese called Cracker Barrel Cheese, and it's just like it's a square block of cheese. And yes, they do an it's extra like sh- the back sh- black shiny packaging. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And they do. Is a, it related? They do an extra. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. like it's the branding's not the same. Like when you put that it doesn't look like you it. put that old grandma next to the barrel or something on the cheese if that if they were related. I would think is that is that what's on the right. Crackle Barrel sign? I don't know. Right. I don't know. No, I, right. I, we just got into the deep end of the restaurant game, right? We did. Here. That's yeah. The deep end of the yeah. Pool right there. Talking about. We don't really what, know what's, what's going on. on the sign. Um, okay, so that's yeah, that's my number two slot. See, I almost thought you were going to go with Pepper Jack in this slot because I know it's got a little spicy kick. Does, yeah. I thought it was, Pepper, Pepper Jack would have been up in there, but I see the the sharp angle on it. I can't get too sharp. The Wisconsin sharp. Cheddar it, cheeses, right up. Yeah, in- yeah, it would have been like I would have been untrue to myself, and our audience wouldn't have known me as I should be known if I don't let my extra sharp cheddar flag fly because I love that cheese. So I got, I had yeah. to let the world know. Is this a cheese that you could just go like knife to block cheese oh, and just peel? That's I think off? I yeah. think it's an excellent way to line it up. That's a great fucking question, and one hundred percent. This is 100%. I need a snack. Like uh, I'm out the door in like ten minutes. Like. Pull out that block, kind of open it up, grab that knife, just get like three little, like nice little chips of cheese. Just kind of keep right. rocking and rolling. Wait, one, just one underneath your tongue, let it melt. Yeah, for you. yeah I got it. <laughs> Keeps it going all day. I get it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go number two. Uh, Brandana's absolutely going to hate this cheese. I'm just going to mark it down already. I'm going to go with Brie cheese. I love it. It is the cl- I know you can see you shaking your head. It is the classic app staple at the most awesome house. Growing up as a kid, Mister Four Star, Mrs. Four Star, roll out the the brie cheese for Super Bowl parties, any big events. We watch there. Slice off a little wedge, put it on a Triscuit cracker, put it on a wheat thin, delicious. Then Doctor Misses the Commish up the ante. Got some uh, like like uh, croissants. Or, or like a crescent roll dough, wraps it around the brie cheese, then now bakes it, and did I lose you guys? Or are you guys still there? I'm still here. I'm. Oh, there you yeah. go. It just went black on me for a second. Uh, anyways, I thought I thought Brandana was so upset he just turned off the the microphone, walked away. I am yeah. On my brie cheese, <laughs> wraps it, bakes it, comes out. Now it's gooey, melty deliciousness with a little bit of crescent roll on there fucking awesome brie cheese number two yeah i mean i wish i i wish i could 
listen to these snacks and get excited. But I'm just picturing that brie cheese just destroying every recipe you just rolled out there. Okay, well, champ, um, thanks for popping on the. We'll we'll finish up the scoring from here. Thanks for throwing down the. Um, no, no, champ, no. Yeah. Give me a score no, every exactly, cheese. Yeah. Don't anyway, let me get, don't back me to the wolves right okay, now. Okay, so, I'll edit uh, this real fast. As long as you guys don't talk over me, uh, extra sharp cheddar wins. There we go. Okay, you can stay on a little. Fucking while, leave. Too. Uh, get out of here. Okay, the last one we're gonna do is um, had this when oh Brandon you guys did in Rome. Yes, I went to Rome. It was a good time. Relax. I had Parmigiano Reggiano when I was in Italy shooting all the time. Got addicted. The little salt crystals in there. Have a little mm. wine with it. Like it is just, it's the cheese of cheeses. The cheese, the cheese of cheeses of cheeses. Yes, sir. Mm, please. Please, bro. Are you not feel you don't no, you don't feel this I, cheese? No, first off, it's a great cheese, Parmesan, fantastic cheese. It's a fantastic cheese, yeah. It's not even better than Swiss or extra sharp cheddar. I'm I'm just putting it out there. I like it. It's good on pasta, whatever. It's good. Well, but you said you were in in Italy, yes, and you left off my number one, which is the cheese of cheeses. Yeah, you can make a caprese salad out of it. You can make pizza talking about mozzarella baby oh that's your top come cheese? on bro mm, i don't like come to... on bro it is the top cheese versatile okay so number one it's like it's a temperamental cheese don't you have to fucking keep it in water or something like you just like it just can't like hang like it just yeah, man. It, requi- it requires maintenance which which is anti-cheese cheese is like i pour fucking milk and stuff into this rind and then i throw it in a cabin and i come back like two years from now and then i got some dynamite cheese that's cheese look baby but, yeah, right, right. But everything good needs a little bit of effort in it, and that's what, mo- what mozzarella is. I honestly, you know also, I mean? yeah, I mean, it's, it's not as disgusting as your second one, and these aren't as bad as I thought it would be. And, like, it's not <laughs> it's not like a knot. It's just – there's. you know what I see? Like, our lineup is I have some – I have some kind of sharp, like, flavorful, like, cheeses, and you kind of you're, – you're a mild guy. You like your mild cheese. Like, you, I am. You like subtlety, the subtlety in the cheese. But look. I like me a blue cheese as much as the next oh person. God. And that's the least hands-on cheese you could get. No, that's like that's extra cheese. Exactly. Right, right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, you throw it in a locker, you come back two no, years later, no. boom, you got a salad yeah, going. You're, you're eating the mold off the cheese. All right, uh, yeah, so, baby. Champ, how do you score? Do you score it for someone that's um, active in the game, just likes a pop, like something active, that's kind of moving with the cheeses? Or do you like someone that plays it safe on the sideline with some flavorless cheeses? How, what do you think, buddy? I really oh, enjoy how you uh, how you frame that. I know, right? That was brilliant. Uh, give me the two names again. Sorry, uh, Parmigiano Reggiano versus mozzarella. Reggiano. Oh, boom! God damn victory it. there. Um, all right, champ. Thanks a lot for coming on. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks for running it down, educating us a little bit on Bitcoin. Uh, then watching Jerry Maguire, and then justly scoring the Neapolitan showdown. We'll have you on again soon, buddy. Thanks a lot, brother. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Love you, champ. All right, guys. Finishing up the podcast, we're gonna jump into our MVP of the week because I know you guys got all of your hour of power that you needed, if not a little more. But most awesome, and I did talk about this. I don't think I got in the last one. It's just like, you know, technically the hour of power starts when I say your hour of power starts now, which is a little bit after everything. So I think that buys us a few minutes. Um, MVP of the week. I got this week. I know it's a little late, but our podcast came out early last time. Yada, yada, yada. Give it to Adam Silver and the NBA for trying the Elam ending. Um, really liked it. I had heard about it like three or four years ago on a podcast. It was kind of fascinated. Uh, if you don't know about it, kind of look it up. Basically, the idea is at the fourth quarter, you just you play to a final score, and you decide that number based on like whatever. If one team's up by seven, and then whatever, then it's just like you add twelve points on to the highest score, and then whoever gets to that score, and it's to prevent the end of a basketball game, which does kind of turn into a different game, which is I foul you, you go to the free throw line, you know, we try to bury a three like we do that, which is like really kind of anticlimactic. I don't think anybody's like, man, I really like the way like basketball ends. And so they tried this out and I'm all, I like the fact they're always up to mess around a little bit. And I thought it was a big success. I'd be super interested to see, you know, if we could get, I'd like to see that on the college level. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, 
I definitely agree with you. It definitely drew more eyeballs to the All-Star game, a game that's like basically you just kind of watch and you know watch for some dunks and highlights and fun things and you don't really care about the game now this is like a real interesting game where these guys were really going at it in the last couple well, not even minutes just in the last couple possessions of the game and made it for a, a much more uh high stakes environment so yes i can imagine only on like a playoff scenario yeah if that's ultimately where it's going to go that's exciting so yeah good good tip of the cap there brandana Thanks, bro. Yeah, and I think the last one is uh, just the fact that, uh, they, yeah, they, that they tried it, which was cool. And I'm not saying necessarily that I'm giving that All Star game the MVP because it's so funny. Like, it was great. Like the last two minutes when the teams decided to play each other, they just didn't do that right. for the first three quarters. But then you're just like, oh my god, it's like, you know, ten of the whatever top fifteen basketball players in the world like on the court right now playing each other, which is crazy. Yeah. What do you got? Oh, yeah, that's exciting. You got, you got a VIP to hand out. Yeah, I got uh, uh, Dave Ayers. He uh, came in the other night as a backup goalie for the Carolina Hurricane after the two goalies were injured. Funny thing about Dave is is he is the Zamboni driver (laughs) and was a maintenance guy for Toronto. Comes in there, goes 8 for 10 on saves, got off to a little shaky start, let up his first two goals on first two shots, but then dialed it in, got himself a win. First time that this has ever happened where guys come off the bench to win. It's the second time it's ever happened where a couple years ago, uh, Scott Foster subbed in. He was a Chicago accountant. What the fuck's up with hockey? Let me just ask you this. Subs in, comes in, and loses for the the Blackhawks. He's a Chicago accountant. So I'm not sure what's going on with hockey. No, that's a great question. I'm completely fascinated. i got to look what the rules is where it's just like all these like people that are in different fields that like – just happen to know how to skate and then step up and play professional hockey. It sounds insane. Yeah. Like you wouldn't ever well, just used, be like, Hey, my. Yeah, he, he, he played minor, he played minor league sure. hockey and gave it up. Cause he had a kidney transplant, uh, that had got given to his, by his mother, <laughs> donated on that. And, uh, but he, the, I love that they had to pay him 500 bucks. <laughs> like that yeah. was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing it work. Him. Um, guys, it's been the most awesome breakdown sports podcast. Episode 104. Guys, that's two years of podcasting. Uh, thanks for live, listening. Can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Why don't you guys uh, peel off a little slice of that Patajan Mabaria? <laughs> God damn it. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.